The Way Out Podcast, episode 132. Yeah. When we all have our own recovery inside of us, we should be able to... You know. And even, you know, Agreed. if you, if you're honest with yourself, it's like you could check, you could think that you know this is the pathway that's going to work for me because it aligns with my belief systems and whatever. But then you could try it and you could end up dabbling in some other pathways and find other ones to be more effective for you so you know your thoughts beliefs and attitudes are going to change in this process and therefore maybe your core beliefs will too and the pathways that you choose to incorporate into your recovery may change over time and if we're open about where we're at in our recovery and what we need at that particular point in our recovery, then we can incorporate different methodologies as we process. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out, sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out Podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of The Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow The Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night, and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Last but certainly not least, make sure to check out altrecoveryrigs.com for stunning rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason and Chris, I'm Charlie, and this week we're bringing you an enlightening discussion on the idea that all pathways to recovery are valid, important, and worth considering and sharing amongst one another in the recovery community. There are an array of formal recovery methodologies that have worked for many of us whom are in active and long-term recovery, including 12-step, faith-based, peer-led, cognitive behavioral, amongst others. There are those two whom have found their own unique path using a blend of existing modalities or have flat out invented their own approach that works for them. 
No matter the approach, what matters is that the outcome results in meaningful and enduring change for those who need and often more importantly truly desire recovery from addiction and or alcoholism. We discuss in practical terms why all pathways to recovery are valid and worthwhile, what many of these methods are, and how we can go about selecting the best pathway for us, regardless of where we are in our recovery journeys. Plus, we share feedback from the Sober and Serious community and take your calls. Listen up. Jason. What up? Chris. Yeah. Welcome to episode <laughs> 132 of the Way Out podcast. We brought back the folkster. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, yeah. The Welcome, brother. Dude, Dude yeah, that's you. We're talking. Glad you're here. We're talking a, a topic I think that has broad appeal across the recovery community because we're talking about all pathways to c- recovery. Right. It's an important topic for a variety of ways. There's such a there's a traditional way to perceive recovery, a traditional understanding of what recovery looks like. Yeah. And the reality is. Recovery is as individual and as unique as you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. The more we can explore multiple pathways, other pathways, a variety of recovery mechanisms, right? the more full and complete our recovery will be. Mm-hmm. So I want today... For you all here in Way Out Podcast Land, to walk away with a couple things. Number one, an understanding of why potentially multiple pathways of recovery could be helpful to you as a person in recovery or contemplating recovery. Yeah. And I also want you to get a good understanding of some of the ways the pathways that you could consider either adding into your recovery portfolio. Totally. Right. Or using as your primary method of recovery, whatever works for you, but we want to never find out what works unless you try. Right. Like that's right. Like, I don't know. I still have a number of things that I want to try that I know that are out there that I haven't tried yet. We're going to listen to phone calls. We're going to, Talk about some comments from yeah. the sober and serious community, and we're also going to reveal a poll huh. put on by Mr. Falk. Yeah, that was genius. Okay. Didn't you say that it was like 97 additions? That's correct. That's insane. 97. How many did you put di- up originally? I don't know, probably like 50. Oh, okay. But still, that's a lot. As many as I could come up with, yeah. People threw a whole shitload of more stuff out there. That's cool. We've defined recovery before. I think it makes sense to define it again. We're talking about multiple pathways to recovery. The key words here being pathways and recovery, right? So recovery is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost so i recover something i think there's probably something like that although some recovery programs would probably uh, say control is probably what we're not trying to do but <laughs> right. nonetheless okay uh or a return to a normal state of health mind or strength but you know that's the paradox too is that by letting go 
of trying to control. That's where, I actually that's, get more control. That's where we get our power <laughs> that's back. Right. right. That's right. Um, it's like so many things in this that it's just. Par- but it's that a lack of will rather than I'm just giving my will away. I Hell don't yeah. feel that way. I'm not. I'm not relinquishing will. I'm aligning my will right uh, in the proper direction. Yeah. Right. It was misaligned for so long, and now I've realigned the my will to align with the will of the God of my understanding and amazing how well it works, right? It's like somebody tells you, you need to redirect your sales this way. Instead of arguing with them, we try it. Right, know? and the effort is the same, but it's channeled in the right direction and the results are dramatically different. Yeah. Okay? Pathway, a way that constitutes or serves a path, a way of achieving a specified result a course of action. A methodology. Bingo. So if we combine... I just wanted to say that. The goal is to return to a normal state of health, body, mind, or strength, and the pathway is the the route in which we choose yeah. to do it, right? Now we're going to talk about some of the pathways that we have. So, Mr. Falk, you uh, commented on one of my posts on this week's topic, and it really does put a a great encapsulation on why multiple pathways to recovery are helpful, beneficial, and important and helps us understand um, why a broader spectrum of recovery methodologies can be helpful. So I'm going to read that now. What are the many pathways to recover? Our broader society, as well as communities of recovery, have both limited understanding of and access to the many pathways an individual can take to address a substance use disorder. Furthermore, there are prejudices that exist between pathways, limiting our understanding of our alternatives, of each other, and our ability to help those seeking or are new to recovery. For too long, society has had a singular idea of what recovery looks like. We've pictured individuals in a circle of chairs, encouraging each other and sharing about life's difficulties. While this form of recovery has worked for countless millions across the world, it is neither the only nor the ultimate way for all the prejudices that exist between mutual aid groups and others can only serve to divide the recovery community and alienate those seeking help. In order to solve this problem, we must educate ourselves about the importance of allowing individuals, in some cases with the help of a treatment professional, to choose the pathway that is best for the individual. Once we've begun to understand the importance of choice, We need to develop a basic understanding of the various pathways so that we might help to bridge the gap in understanding. Bridging that gap can help us assist those in seeking recovery to sustain it, no matter which road they take to get there. Anyone can develop a substance use disorder, so everyone deserves to find and take the path that is right for them. I couldn't say it any better. Damn right. Well, I could say it a little bit better, and that's why I should have just instead of regurgitating what I read, you know, you know, and I've I've read that before, and I always I always liked it, and that's why I just copied and pasted it because it's just easier. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Plagiarism is legal, isn't it? I, 
pretty, I'm pretty sure, especially on social media. Right. Yeah. The only thing that I disagree with the way it was written is it has the professional choosing the person's pathway. Yeah. When we all have our own recovery inside of us, we should be able to, you know. And even, you know, agree. If, you, if you're honest with yourself, it's like you could check, you could think that, you know, this is the pathway that's going to work for me because it aligns with my belief systems and whatever. But then you could try it and you could end up dabbling in some other pathways and find other ones to be more effective for you. So, you know, your thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes are going to change in this process. And therefore, maybe your core beliefs will too. And the pathways that you choose to there it is. incorporate into your recovery may change over time. And if we're open about where we're at in our recovery and what we need at that particular point in our recovery, then we can incorporate different methodologies as we process. Tra- right. So I agree that the professional should ultimately be the facilitator. Mm-hmm. And not the decision maker. They should facilitate the decision making process through education and empowering that individual to pursue the pathway or pathways that make the most sense to mm-hmm. them. So now I want to talk to each one of you about the pathways that you have used, currently use in your own recovery. We'll start with Jason. Hey, okay. Um I've done a lot, dude. I've I've done a lot of different things, tried a lot of different things. I think in the beginning it was it was really it was like you know, trying to do the 90 and 90 and I think I blew that out of the water because I didn't have a job and I was, um, you know, kind of just... You had a lot of time on your hands. I was struggling too mentally. So, like, I felt a lot better when I was just there around people, even if I, even before I talked, you know, like, just to listen to people and shit. But, um, you know, lots of meetings, kind of started reading the book with the sponsor wasn't really working steps at first, but I took like an anger management class. I took a parenting class. I started going to therapy once a week. Um, and that, that was what I needed in the beginning. And then I ended up working steps. Um, I've been through, I, I've been like strongly involved in crystal meth anonymous, alcoholics anonymous, narcotics anonymous. Um, I used to do a lot of volunteering and training over at Minnesota Recovery Connection and learning the peer support specialist stuff and, and um, doing telephone recovery support to give back, uh, chairing meetings and things like that. But, you know, I just I just got I just had to get in the middle of this thing. And my whole idea was that anything, anything like I even had a buddy who was doing the Red Road, you know, and he taught me how to um, smudge. And when we were in treatment together, we would smudge every day together. And like he, when he went to prison, he had to go back to prison. I would still like, he gave me an Eagle feather and, and stuff. And I would smudge. Like I honestly have gotten away from that, but I was doing that for a while. And anything that's like an enhancer, like, right. Like a spiritually enhancing or, or just enlightening uh thing that I can do. I'll do like, I used to do a lot of meditation too. And, just all sorts of stuff, man. I'm down to try anything. You know what I mean? But I, I, tr- I think the biggest thing for me is the getting 
involved in as many different things as I can is that I can build a bigger network. Which ones were essential for you when you look back? Although you tried a lot of things, which I think is important, right? That willingness to be able to try a variety of methodologies and pathways so you can discover the ones that work for you. Right. Which ones looking back were really the ones that provided your uh, your recovery? I guess, I mean, the therapy was huge in the beginning for me um, to have that one single person because I hadn't yet found a sponsor that I trusted and I didn't find that uh, trust in my heart for the community yet. Um, but definitely... I mean, Alcoholics Anonymous all the way. I worked my steps the big book way. Uh, so I got a lot of love for those people and the quality of sobriety that they have and and just following that book. Um, but, you know, when I, when I found Christ was definitely a game changer for me because there was, even with all the hard work I had put in, I had this um, this shame that I couldn't, seem to put down and um just something about when when i heard the gospel message right that 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 i am forgiven and that because of jesus when god looks at me he sees me through the lens of jesus and he sees perfection he sees a righteous person and that he keeps no record of wrongs done once you've given your life to his son i I was just like it I, I experienced that comfort and that gift, that gift of salvation. So, I mean, to me, that was where my recovery led me. Um, I completely respect people for their own beliefs. I mean, I'm still totally down with like learning about, you know, like the Tao or the Buddhist, uh, outlooks and their, their ways or, you know, like crystals. I want, I really want to get into like learning about the, um, you know, the, the chakra healing and the crystals and the all that stuff and then like the mindfulness and meditation meetings i want to get into that shit too so i mean i'm still open to learning these new things and completely like i can give myself to that in the moment but you know like jesus has my heart and that's just where i'm at with it but i'm still i can still get in and mix with anyone and i'm not going to push my faith on people you know i didn't have any recovery gave me that gift so right right if you're listening the process that jason went through is a process i also went through and identify with uh although my you know my recovery pathways uh uh, uh they do cross over with jason's but they also differ right and so and i'll talk about mine but chris talk about your uh pathways to recovery speaking of different Right, exactly, no, no, and that's this uh, is why this is this is so cool, right? Because two, three, really yeah. fundamentally different examples of recovery with some crossover, right? But and my recovery, is, it's not lineal. It's I mean, it changes. It's a process, like we just said. It was. It's a process. It changes. It's changed since the beginning. Um, from Growing up, you know, before I even realized that I was had alcoholism in me, um, I grew up at twenty two eighteen. That was like, mm. you know, like going to the carnival. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I grew up around a lot of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, 
So that's obviously where I went first. Um, I did my steps through them. I still continue to do 12 steps through AA, but I also do them through through the Bible, through um, Buddhism. There's 12 steps that have been around. You know, you can find them. Oh, my God. All the, all the religions and the spirituality. Um, but for me, my pathways are, you know, just waking up and hitting my knees. That's the first thing I, I have to do. Uh, I'm not 100% of the days, of course, but I hit my <laughs> knees, and I know if I don't, I have a bad day. But uh, things like, When things get messed up, you're like, Oh, <laughs> I forgot to pray this I morning. Go home quick. <laughs> yeah, so and then just you know brushing my teeth—that's part of it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Taking my kid to school—that's part of my recovery. That's part of my pathway right now. Um, you know, that's what makes me feel good. It's something I you know didn't do much of with a clear mind the first time around, at least. Um, as far as pathways, I still attend AA meetings. I um, I favor. All recovery meetings, which is put on by Minnesota Recovery Connections, like Jason was talking about. Yeah. I couldn't think of the names of it. <clears throat> but the all recovery meetings is um, you know, basically the same principle. It's just it's open for everybody, whether you're you know affected by recovery, ally. Um, so just don't shun anybody away. Um, but yeah, um, just, you know, go to work. That's part of my pathway. Um, but I attend... I facilitate one all recovery meeting every week. I go to another one. Um, I, I listen. Most of it's on on books or on on video. Um, Buddy C. He does oh. do a book study once a week. Um, when we're doing that, what's or not what's right with you? Um, letting go. Speaking of letting go. Yeah. Um, that's part of my pathway. Um, we do a masterminds group. That's with Omar. That's part of my pathway. I do online meetings. Um, they always differ, you know, mm-hmm. it depends. Some don't even have a name yet. <laughs> just kind of have little small group meetings, kind of. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's always changing. It's, it's like I said, it's my recovery is not linear. It's just, it's kind of whatever always, your higher power puts in front of you. Right? For sure. Which um, matches Chris's personality to a T, right? <laughs> you know, a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. Um, a little from here, a little from there, a little from there, a little from here. And I'm going to put it all into a little bit of a stew here. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my recovery, and that's what that Take looks what like I for like, you. And I'm going to leave the rest, dude. It's, my grand sponsor always says, you know, that recovery is like that. Be open to trying new things and meeting new people, and get your sifter out. And you know, you're gonna you're gonna find things that work for you and things that don't. And he's like, just take what you like and throw the rest out. And he always do, talks with his hands and acts like he's sifting the right. thing. That's right, Anthony. <laughs> I got you, um, dude. Christopher was one of them guys, man, that I met early, and but like when I was starting to get it, you know, mm. and he was like one of the first guys that really like just inspired the shit out of me, the stuff that he's into. And then he was the one that encouraged me to check out recovery coach Academy. He was the one that like invited me to come check out MRC. And that led me to my first experience, my first experience in recovery of feeling valued and respected. And, and, and I was like, like I remember that last day of class, you know, we had to give our elevator speech thing and I was talking to uh, Chris Kelly and I, I started tearing up. I was like, cause I told her that, you know, and I was like, I just, 
really, really appreciate you guys because for the first time in a long time, I feel like I matter right now and like I have a purpose. And um, she started crying, and you, you, uh, you know, you introduced that stuff into into my life, like, bro. And I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, later. We you already can, did. If you want. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, there's no rules here. You no. do what you need to do. Chris gave me something very important early <laughs> in my recovery, which was a message that all recovery stories matter. All recovery. And He's you big on are the, language too, the right? consummate supporter of people's recovery stories. Yeah. And for them to share those out loud, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's what this podcast was. It has is rooted in, and how we got started yeah. was sharing one recovery story at a time mm-hmm. out loud, so that you would identify with all parts, some. Of that recovery story and find hope in it. Hell yeah. And find little pieces of gold, right, that you can apply to your own life. Right. So that you can begin to get better, begin to heal, begin to grow, and get closer to the person that you want to be. Right. And farther away from the person that you don't. Yep. And this is giving me God bumps. Yeah. My hair's growing. And it's and it's so like, you know, so many people are like not willing to to like do a podcast or get up and share their testimony at a meeting. And it's like, you know, I always try to convey that message that it's not about you, man. Like you're not supposed to feel comfortable. It's supposed to feel uncomfortable. But if you had any idea that what you have to say is going to affect somebody in a deep way, maybe just one person, but that makes it worth it, right? And it could be the thing that they need to hear? It's a responsibility, I think. Agreed. So I had to step outside of my comfort zone and start doing this stuff. Yeah. Charles, what did you do (laughs) for recovery? (laughs) What did you do? You know, I did two things primarily. Number one, uh, 12 steps, primarily AA. And I always think about it like... You know, I always wanted the purest shit when I was in active addiction. Hell yeah. Right? Uh, I wanted the best stuff the right from the source, right? Mm. And so <laughs> AA is the purest form of, uh, of the 12-step recovery model uh, that I could get at. So that's what I wanted. Right. And so 12, the 12 steps through Alcoholics Anonymous combined with a um, significant investment in therapy mm. right away yeah. and both of those right away along with outpatient treatment so there was really three things in the beginning that uh three methodologies three pathways if you will outpatient treatment through hazelden 12 steps through aa mm. and a significant investment in therapy whereby i was um, able to move through some traumatic experiences. And then I also did a number of retreats, recovery retreats. Right? But I also, so, uh, so those three 
primarily. And I really believe that if I didn't do all of them, I would not be here today sober. I believe that with every fiber of my being, that I needed to do the therapy. I needed to do 12 steps. I needed to do the treatment. All of those were essential to my recovery. What was beneficial was getting plugged in to the broader recovery community Mm. and meeting people that were like me and not like me, right? That had different recovery experiences, that had similar recovery experiences and allowed me to feel a part of a broader recovery community, a very diverse recovery community. It became very clear and really, really inspiring that there's this big recovery community out there and we all have different pathways and we mix them different and we use them a little different and you know some of us are 12 step people and some of us are maybe smart recovery or some of us are celebrate recovery some of us recover uh through our church communities or whatever that might be right right? some of us recover through other ways but whatever that is the 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 goal is the same we're all trying to get to that same place. Yeah. And it was really inspiring to be a part of that community mm-hmm. and know that our each one of our recovery stories matter a lot because we, when we tell those out loud and we share how what worked for us, yeah. not just in the confines of a 12-step model, not just in the confines of a treatment model, not just in the confines of a religious model, right? Right. That's how we grow. That's how we're able to add to our recovery in a way that we wouldn't have if we didn't engage. So I would say the glue to all of that. <coughs> Although, you know, I talked 12 steps, I talked treatment, I talked therapy. The glue to all of that was my recovery community that I connected into. Our recovery community. Yeah. Because that empowered me to embrace a variety of pathways to yeah. really go about my recovery. Yeah. I've got to shout out to the um, just the online thing too. You know, like whether it's in the rooms.com, I met a ton of people through that thing um, or, you know, Facebook and the, in the sober and serious. Yeah, dude. And all dude, I'm on so many now and right. I've got, I've made friends like legit, like we're for real friends. Like we've talked it up a lot. We've gotten to know each other. Like, Legit friends. All One of our the friends world. called in to yeah. the show today that's yeah. going to talk about uh, her pathway. Yeah. Right. And it's just insane. Like the doors and, and the relationships that have appeared in my life, you know, because I recover out loud. And I think there's a difference between, you know, like you said, saying it in a meeting or like just being out there with it everywhere you go. Like, Everybody at my job knows everything about it. Yep. I got flyers for this podcast hanging up in the lunchroom over there, you know, and they all party. It's a metal shop, dude. You know what I mean? It's like they're all drinkers and smokers and everything else. And it's all good, you know, but I know that one day maybe one of them's having a nervous breakdown and they might see that, you know, and I've already had numerous guys turn to me because of that. And, you know, but then they end up you know, their window closes on them and then they keep doing what they right. do. But it doesn't matter. It's it's just knowing that I don't have to live in shame anymore, right? I don't have to live feeling um, 
like I have to keep things secret or like I need to hold it and and take care of it on my own because nobody's going to want to help me and all the bullshit lies that we tell ourselves. Or this this idea that if I don't recover just through a 12-step model, if I don't recover through this linear, as you mm-hmm. say, Chris, way yeah. that, you know, my recovery is somehow less than, right? I'm, my breaking, re- I'm breaking my anim- anonymity. Right, or, right. or that because I needed therapy, uh, therapy was an important component for me that, that, for, that my recovery is less than, or that I am less than, because I had to to do multiple things in order for my recovery. It's not a less than thing. It's Hell, a more than thing. It's a greater than thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know, totally. For real. So I love this line in the big book, one page 164. Okay. Because it speaks to in the opening monologue that I launched into about this sort of prejudice between different recovery models. Yeah. And there can be 12 step prejudice. There's 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 what I call bleeding deacons okay. within the 12 step community <coughs> that say, yeah, you know, true. my way or that, you know, AA or no way, Sad. right? And like, if oh, you don't, you're not going to you're not going to get this because you're not doing it the way that I did it, you know. Right, right. And in 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 you only needed therapy because you're not working the steps right. It's like, bro, you look, know in what I mean? look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, dude. They don't ever refer you out to somewhere else cuz it's not working for them. Right. They just keep coming back and just work keep, harder. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, just work them steps the way I worked them and then yeah. you don't need any of that, right? Right. right. So on page 164, <laughs> our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. Hell yeah. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Amen. I think yeah. that there's a lot to be said for the gift of self-awareness, you know, that we get. Because here's Agreed. the thing, you know, and I think I alluded to it earlier. It's like, here's the thing, man. You're going to you're gonna start this journey and you're going to be one way. But you do this work and it's going to change you. It's going to change you on levels and ways that you never imagined. And you're your thoughts, beliefs, your attitudes, they're all going to change. And then you're going to, you know, you just get, that's why open-mindedness is part of the how of recovery. Because if you're not remaining open-minded, right, and willing to try new things, then you're going to fucking rob yourself, man. Because it's going to try to take on a life of its own, and it will if you let it. You just got to roll with it. So we're going to talk about a variety of different categories of recovery. Right on. Okay. Uh, we've talked about some of them. We've discussed some of them within our own recovery journeys, and there's a lot more. Yeah, hell yeah. A lot more. Uh, but they fall under broad categories, right? Uh, first one is peer recovery support services. These are non-clinical, peer-led services such as recovery coaching. Yay. Or peer-led support groups. Damn right. right? A great model. It's one of the most effective ways. Agreed. Connection. Yep. The therapeutic value of one addict helping another is Bingo. without parallel. Bingo. Yes. That And that connection that we're able to establish, as we well know, is part of the antidote mm-hmm. to addiction. Damn right. 
Right? So if we can connect to our peers mm-hmm. in this way, right? It's not for everybody, but it's helpful. Right? Well, you know, and it's like even if somebody's facilitating, like Chris, he facilitates an all recovery meeting. Right. Um, or he facilitates sometimes, you know, participates in teaching and trainings and stuff. But when you're taking that authoritative piece out of it and, and it, you're, you know, right away in the introduction, you're like, I'm just like you, you know, we are we are equals. We are on the same level. Um, you just get a different response and a different kind of openness insights from that out of people. You know what I mean? Correct. Only facilitated for like the first five minutes. And yeah. Then, then the next person facilitates. It rolls. It goes all the way around until it goes full circle. That motivational interviewing thing. Yeah. Another category is faith-based support. Oh, these approaches are grounded in a religion or a faith tradition. Yo, Team Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's also community, though. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And unifying under a common belief, right? Right. That can really be beneficial, okay? If you have an established faith that you're comfortable with, that works for you, then a faith-based support group could be tremendously valuable, right? Another one is medication-assisted recovery. This is not meant to be controversial, right? Um uh, I like the people that uh, in our recovery community still alive. Exactly. Right? And so ultimately, if medication assisted recovery keeps you alive, then it's helpful. You know, what's sad, man. I, I got a sponsee. Well, it's not sad because he found me. But I mean, I got a sponsee who he's on Suboxone. Mm-hmm. you know, and he was really concerned that I wouldn't sponsor him because he's run into that before. Right. You know, and it's like, dude. And again, that prejudice, that prejudice exists. And it's like, who are you to block somebody's chance at recovery? Right. Just because you don't agree with the fact that they're on a medication that makes it comfortable for them to live day to day when you don't even know what it's like to be addicted to the fucking substance that they were addicted to. They were so physically dependent on that they need this shit to make them feel better day to day. You know, now, granted, I don't agree with like how methadone set up to be a lifelong thing but you know i would still sponsor somebody that's on methadone oh absolutely and i think the goal for anybody that's on methadone uh, i i think if you did a poll right on everybody who's on methadone right Right. and ask them if they want to be on it for the rest of their lives it would be a resounding no hell that their goal is to not be on it that it's a transitionary for sure method i work with it every day and i see it i'm Never tried it. I don't. I can't say it from my own experience what it feels like or what. But I see it work. I see it all the time. Have you ever? Did you, when you tried to quit smoking? Did you ever put a nicotine patch on? Yes, that's medicated assisted treatment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Interesting, and you can get that at Target. Yeah, I was huh. chewing the gum too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you are yeah. and I was chewing <laughs> chewing tobacco at work. Chewing, chewing tobacco. Yep, hundred percent. I I did the same thing. So I did. Uh, I've done the Nicorette. I've done that. Right. Uh, as I was trying to quit. Now ultimately, I had to go cold turkey. And, um. But but yeah. I told. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. totally. Dude, those patches gave me some fucked up night dreams, Ooh, dude. I was like, real life, I, real life. I never tried the Jantex, but I've always heard that about the Jantex. But I mean, this uh, Jantex was out of control. Them patches, dude. I literally out of control. I miss them dreams. I literally said I can't no. These were like vivid. super duper vivid like using dreams where like I I mean they got so out of control, like I mean I woke up feeling like suicidal. Yeah. 
No, like I was like ready to just blow like, my fucking brains out. In Enchantix, Enchantix, <laughs> dude, the dreams were amazing. I loved them. I did too. See, I thought so, it was amazing. I know. I now, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it. Now, the rage that it, that it, um, also, that also word. incurred, yeah. right, in my uh, awake hours, right. my children didn't, and I didn't <laughs> do anything bad, but they just like saw the rage look. Right, that was Chantix induced. Okay, yeah. and <laughs> seriously, they were like, uh, "You need to get off that. You man. need to not do that anymore." <laughs> I because not see you raging. Yeah, correct. Because we're worried. Charlie is a. We're rager. worried that you're going to start digging holes in the backyard. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but that's all medication assisted yeah. recovery. And okay? there's another one called managed use model. Okay. That like harm reduction, harm you reduction. mean? Correct. Yeah. That's a harm reduction model. Okay. They're like, if cocaine ruined your life, then, you know, maybe we just don't do cocaine. But like, if you want to smoke a joint here or there, you know, to take the edge off of your day, that's okay as long as it's not causing negative consequences in your life. That's harm reduction. Marijuana maintenance plan. Bingo. Well, that's different. But That's you, a little bit different. I guess it's, <laughs> it goes along with my... Example, but I mean, that could have been, you know, fill in the blank. Could have been like, well, maybe it's okay if you do a little meth as long as you're not slamming heroin. That's kind of, you know, whatever, man. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, I guess. Correct. And for me, I had to, I can't do that. I've tried to do a managed use. I've tried to do harm. I, right. I can't. I'm I've, an all I, or nothing guy. Maybe, I didn't yep. know what harm reduction was, bro. But yeah, that's like the story of my fucking life. Right. Totally. That, that got out of control. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to stop doing that for a while. And I'll do this. Yep. And and then I could maintain for a while on that, right. you know, and, right. and, and that, that, but then that would get out of hand. And then it was like, now I got to switch. Correct. I got to change the crutch on which I stand <laughs> exactly. once more. Sure. That, that's thing. what I did. Same thing for I, me. Now, but, I, do it. but it can work for some people. Okay. The harm reduction, the managed use model. Right? Inpatient treatment. Been there. For a lot of us. Yeah. That is an essential component of recovery. Yeah. For sure. Where you get the tools. That's well, right. And, and you get that that structured living environment with the built-in support network. It allows us to be able to get those tools yeah. in a structured environment. And it's where a we're, buffer, right? Exactly. Like, and we're not right back yeah. dropped in the middle of the rat maze right. with all of the stuff that uh, got us sick in the first place. Right. If you drop us right back where we were, right. okay, that's how we got sick was in, in that environment. Right. In fact, that environment was responsible for sure. in large part for getting us and keeping us sick mm -hmm. and addicted mm -hmm. and alcoholic, right? right? So getting out of that environment in a safe, supportive environment where we're learning new coping strategies and new tools to deal with life on life's terms happens in inpatient treatment. Well, and I think that, too, there's a lot to be said for um, spending that, you know, decent chunk of time every day all day with the same group that you you build some strong bonds with people and that may or may not stick around and, and continue living this life so like say even if you do go back out but you facebook friended most of the guys you lived with and like three of them stay in recovery and they're just these fucking awesome guys that start doing podcasts and shit no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like man that dude's inspiring you know like i get that shit people reaching out to me all the time randomly like and they want help and it and it, it's because they know 
that they could be doing better because they see what you're still doing. So even if you don't get it, you you yeah. hopefully made some connections with some people that are strong enough where you aren't going to feel scared to reach out to them later, you know? And as a peer recovery specialist, that's kind of our, our motto, you know, just like your example, Charlie, if I always picture a tree. So a tree dies in your yard. So you pick up this tree and you go over here and you put it in treatment. Boom. All of a sudden, this tree comes back to life and it's all green and it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But guess what happens when the treatment's over? You go put the damn tree in the same hole. In the same soil. What do you think going to do? Right. Yes. Right. So right. what do we got to do? That's where Minnesota Recovery Connections, you get these community you know, organizations, community, you got to treat the soil. Yep. You know, can't just throw them back out. So that's why as a peer recovery specialist, now uh, as they get done with treatment, I hold their hand and we, you know, we go on to the next part of the recovery. And we find fertile ground for which your recovery can flourish. Yeah. That's the whole point. And I think so much of that lies in purpose. I mean, I know people that run uh, Y12SR meetings, you know, and they're, they were really into fitness and yoga before they got sober. And now they use them same talents, you know, or, or like passions from before. And they're using it to educate and, and uh, help along, you know, people that are struggling with addiction. It's like, man, that's cool. You know, just the concept that, you know, your existing talents, you can use them in positive ways. And incorporate them in your recovery model. We I interviewed someone uh, on this podcast that recovered via yoga. Yeah, yeah. Right? And if you understand yoga the way I now do, thanks to that interview and that subsequent um, exposure right. to twelve step yoga, but then just yoga in general. I still haven't checked one of those meetings either. Wednesday. Yeah, it, it, it's oh, very analogous, man. The, the yoga is very analogous yeah. and um, compatible with yeah. the 12-step recovery model. Uh, there's a lot of parallels between that, yeah. uh, right. but just recovery in general, right? Uh, yoga um, kicks your ass, though. For real, dude. Like, Isn't it just like beginner stuff? It's like yeah, simple it's beginner, yoga, yeah, right? Yeah, just, in the Y12 yeah, SR. Just standing there, I was sweating in the first three minutes. Oh, dude. I remember being in um, Delwood in 2008. And on Sundays, they would have this. She was cute, too. This <laughs> chick would come in. And I was like, man, look at that tight little butt. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to go in there and do that yoga shit. And Show man, up. I was seriously like almost falling over and she's giggling at me and i'm like dude i'm over there i'm just like trembling mm-hmm. dude and i'm like what is that muscle what is that muscle i didn't know i had that for muscle. real there are muscles that you will discover right <laughs> dude for real but i think yep. that would be um yeah maybe that's something i should start checking when out because like with my back my you know i've been dealing with that chronic back mm-hmm. pain that yeah. shit could end up helping hey, me yeah back. for so real it's, it's put on by phoenix uh crossfit yeah, that, cool. that so lady kind of that a, used to be. So yeah. that's two former executive directors, right, of yeah. MRC running that meeting. They just got to come back to see me, that's all. <laughs> that is dope, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mental health services is another way to recover, and some people can utilize that as their singular model. Often you see it, though, as a uh, uh, integrated. Correct into another pathway and that's the way it was for me i used emdr to uh, in my therapy model and it was transformative for me in a way that therapy's never been before 
but that again, that's me. Yeah, right. I want to go take that class, but it's really expensive. The EMDR was really, really I'll beneficial. I'll learn how to do it. I've heard really good things. Yeah, yeah, moved through experiences and trauma that had been mm-hmm. paralyzing me right. for so long. Right. And so to be able to do that along with working through the 12 steps, that was the magic combo, getting man. Root, you're getting down to the root of the problem now. That's oh, right. Yeah. Instead of yep. just, you know, you addiction know, I, is just a symptom part. It was the unlock code for me. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for the unlock code. And, and the right? life, life hack. That's Correct. why the system's been broke for so long. These treatment centers that either don't offer it any mental health at all right. or... It's usually the internship because they're trying to save every penny that they can. So sure. it's an internship that, you know, one week I go spill my guts to him. Well, the next week he's got a job next week. So now I got to do it again. Right. Right. Oh, no, so dude, I had three, di- that, uh, three different counselors when I went to River Place my second time. Because uh, like when I first tried to get clean here in 2015, I went for a little bit and then I was like, fuck this. And mm-hmm. yep. Um, but when I went back. You know, because of my court case and stuff. And I was already working recovery. But I ended up deciding I wanted to do extended care. And even though they wanted to put me in outpatient after 28 days. And I'm like, oh, can I stay here for another three and a half months? I don't know. You know, I, I just needed more time. And and I wanted to be of service, too. And I wanted to learn. But, yeah, I had three different counselors, dude. I was like, Broken. what the fuck? You I know, had to do three first steps. And that's the thing in terms of... Uh, so I'm very fortunate that I was able to uh, be a part of Hazelden as my treatment experience because their mental health services are very integrated yeah. into their addiction and alcoholism recovery. Yeah. And they really did... The therapist understood intrinsically... Yeah. The plight, the difficulty, and the journey of a, uh, an an alcoholic addict um, new in recovery. Well, shit, your mental health causes blocks to your addiction. Your addiction causes blocks to overcome. And your they understood health. that yeah. very, very well there. Yeah. So that but I you're was a two percenter. It, well, nobody else has got that kind of money. And that's the thing. And that, you <laughs> know, I'll always be grateful Correct. to um, my last ex-wife. I shouldn't say last. It's like a curse, right? Dude, yeah. the most maybe recent. Maybe you could have worded it differently. Right? Yeah, the most recent. <laughs> I have two ex-wives. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so um, she, her insurance uh, allowed that for me, and she stayed married to me long enough, even though she hated my fucking guts uh-huh. so you and wanted nothing help, yeah. to do with my ass. So you could get the help. She stayed married legally to me long enough so I could wow. go to treatment at Hazelden. Yeah. And I'll be forever grateful to her for that because it provided. Have you told her that? Yes, Good in man. my amend. Good man. Yeah. Nice. And so. I just wanted to ask because, you know, a lot of times people will tell you a story like that and you'll ask them and they'll be like, amends. you know, I never, <laughs> I never did. Yeah. Well, you know, if, people don't even look at something like that as an amend, but that is, you know, part of it for sure. Um, just acknowledging the, you know, the things that you couldn't see in the moment, right? Like when we're oh, in treatment. I was blinded by, you know, uh, self-pity and You're abandoning me. me. Yep, yep, and that's exactly all I thought about was you're abandoning me in my time of need. How could you, right? Yep. And a few years removed after a lot of work on myself, I'm able to look back on that and say, 
if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Right. And I'm eternally grateful for that. Yep. That's a different perspective. Yeah. And yeah. we need help to get that, yeah. you know? Like, that's why it's so important to just meet as many as you can. I think you you said it. I said it. Like, if any other reason that try some new stuff and get out and meet new people and go into different kinds of communities that are in recovery, it's like, just do it to make more friends, man, because the more the merrier. Like, we need a bigger pack. Like It takes a village. Totally, man. Takes a village. Well, now, there's a few other models. Okay, natural oh. change. I love this. Natural change. This happens, right? Ceasing yeah. drug or alcohol use on one's own, often with support from friends and or family. Right. Right? That's sure. that, that can happen and that's is legitimate recovery. Yeah. Is anything else. Yeah. Well okay. it has to happen because right. you know there's twenty three million people in recovery. Only ten percent of them make it to treatment. So there you go. There's some well, people you, left over. Right. You hear about that um the one year no beer guy? No. It's Google it. It's his yeah. his program's called One Year No Beer, but he's just some yeah, random man. dude, literally like a random dude that decided he wasn't liking the way he felt, right? And literally all he did was stop drinking and he re- kept a blog. He did a blog. Chronicle. And it, now sure. now the dude's got like books and he's got a whole program and stuff and it's weird because he just was like he just quit drinking, and that's all he did. He didn't do any of this deep inner work right. or any of this shit right. we're talking about. Right. And he like lost a bunch of weight and got ended up getting into working out. Like some of those things um, happened just organically, yeah, where agreed. he just developed new interests and he was sh- sharper. So you know his work get, started getting better, and he started like excelling in different areas of his life where he was kind of just kind of like stagnant and doing the bare minimum before. And it, it was just because of the changes in his yeah. problem. Well, and body. there's people in this world that it's becoming actually more popular. It's called sober curious. Yeah. Sober okay. curious. Sober curious. Yeah. It's like bi curious. It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. It means that, you know, alcohol or drugs are not ruining my life. They're just not. But I am curious about what, a sober lifestyle yeah. could be like hmm. that didn't involve weekend drinking or, you know, drinking every yeah. once in a while that legitimately was just sober. Yeah. I go out. I don't, I don't drink alcohol. I, yeah. I, I'm sober. Yeah. And, um, so that's a thing. Now I can't identify with that. Sober like, curious. I, like I can, I can, well, kind of <laughs> like, I can't I like, it was ruining was my sober. life. It was ruining that's, my motherfucking life. That's, that's not the same thing. Well, I see somebody at a bar and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't drink. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I respect them. So I'd always hide my beer, you know. <laughs> right, and, right. And then I'd start asking about this, re- you know, they're just like, tell me about this recovery community. I'm like, recovery community? I don't hang out with them kind of people, you know. So I was curious. <laughs> yeah. I knew, but I knew curious. I had a problem. So, right. Yeah. yeah. These are people that don't have yeah. a, a, a problem with it that are curious about it. So if you tried to take that guy home, you might have been bi curious. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So 12-step programs, right? <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and other groups that follow a brief, structured, and manual-driven approach based on fellowship and finding sobriety through a higher power and are self-supporting, independent, and not aligned with outside entities or organizations. We're all very familiar with the 12-step model. 12-step model is really two components. Number one, uh, a fellowship, which is peer-based, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, working through a... Uh, methodology uh, that uh, was first released in the book Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. um, and working through 12 steps 
in a linear way. With a sponsor. With a sponsor. That is 12 steps. Yep. yep. And then internet-based recovery support. And these are this is recovery support activities that originate based online. We've talked about that in the rooms, sober and serious. It's a tremendous amount of support that you can plug into. Uh, the share recovery the share, community. Correct. Yep. And there's recovery a ton- revolution. Oh, he recovery changed revolution. the name. That's, That's right. My bad. Yep. yep. It's a yep. level up. It's- Bam. <laughs> That's because always fucking leveling up. Yeah. All the time. That guy. Yeah. Good stuff. I love that guy. He's my all them people. Actually, I I was a part of it for a little while. I just I financially couldn't afford it. What is that? What? What's that? Somebody's on fire. What? Time now to hear what the sober and serious community says about this week's topic. Every week we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. Yeah, brother. Yeah. We have 42 comments to the following question. How do you feel about differing opinions and philosophies on other pathways to recovery outside of your own? Right? I thought you were going to troll him in there for a minute. <laughs> I did. I did also say, please be respectful. Yes, that's where you saved it. Correct. Right. Because uh, I, I wanted to be sure that this was not a troll post, that right? I was not looking to stir the pot. Well, you know what, though? And there's a lot. You still got some. Oh, yeah, and you course. will. And, I mean, you can't. That's all right. If anything, it's like you sh- you say, please be respectful. And there's always going to be one or two that are like, ooh, a big red button. I'm going to push that shit. Correct. And it, yeah. You're going to get some of that no matter what. But we got a lot of really great feedback. Yes, yes, we did. So in order to protect the innocent, we're only going to share initials of the commenters. Okie dokie. JN says, I know what worked for me, the 12 steps. That's what I share about. I'm also not blind nor an idiot. I know the 12 steps doesn't work for everyone. And other things work too. And I'll be supportive of anyone trying to better their lives. As CC said... A previous commenter, what other people do or don't do is no threat to my sobriety. Yep. Live and let live, right? Okay, right, we got right, Charlie. I love I actually really like this one. JK. I observe from my own distance. I've participated in twelve step <laughs> programs and can see its merit for people. It's really a form of CBT therapy, but made into a less formal and hands on method to change. I do like the take what you like and leave the rest aspect because even though I don't work a 12-step program now, I can say I found my form of spirituality because of the 12 steps. It makes me sad to see how judgmental the 12-step culture can be. Those that don't use their program to recover or those that find an issue with the program seem to be viewed as doomed to fail. Having a social disability makes meetings weird and uncomfortable for me, which limits what I can get out of the meetings. I found being in groups like this, sober and serious on Facebook, <laughs> allows me to lurk and wish he would have used a better word, yeah. and keep <laughs> recovery in mind. He said lurk. He did. <laughs> but without causing me the stress uh. of face-to-face 
meetings. Right on. Uh, that's right, though. I'm glad Good that you get something yep. out of it, brother. I'm glad you get something out of it. And don't worry, I'm not by all creeped out by, <laughs> by what you say. By your use of the word lurk. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> JHB says, I know it worked for me. If you ask, I will share my experience, strength, and hope using anything that will help you and leave the rest. I know I added to and changed some of the things I heard in AA. Really, I just heard them different than some others, and it worked for me. Hell yeah. You know, it's subjective, right? Like, we, we, uh, like, I might, well, or yeah, we could all listen to, that's what I was going to say, we could all listen to, like, the same speaker, give the same message, and, like, this is kind of the basis of um, grace recovery. We always have a speaker, Mm -hmm. and then we have small groups after, and it's like, share what you got out of it, what stood out to you. It's always different. You know, nobody ever has the same things that pop out at them or the same things that they needed to hear. Some right. people are like, man, I needed to hear this part so much, you know, and I'm going to put that into action right now. And it's like, that's fucking awesome, dude, you know, because I didn't even like really notice that. Speaking of grace recovery, aren't you the keynote speaker on Tuesday? What? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday night, step eight. I put a couple hours into getting ready for that one. Uh, it's going to be pretty good. I, I hope. DD says, whatever works for them is great. For me, AA works. NL says, everyone is entitled to their own opinions as long as people are respectful of others. And what works for them as long for them, then the difference shouldn't matter. Shared experiences and shared ways of improving ourselves is key. No one person's recovery is better than another's. Helping each other grow and learn is ideal. Mm. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Love Where's that. the bell? Bing, 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 oh. bing. I, I, I'm not sure what you were trying to do there, but we'll do the <laughs> instead. How about that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee they heard my bell. Christopher made us these yeah. really awesome bells, you guys. He sure did. They're super freaking cool. It made it seriously made me emotional, so thank you. Yes, that was so cool. Thank you. For our presence. You fucking rock. PD says, judging others has been one of humanity's most damaging qualities. It's a version of control, an activity that has been the downfall of many of addicts. AA long ago adapted the serenity prayer as its philosophy in a nutshell. I have done that for myself. The old phrase, there's more than one way to skin a cat, again, weird, also comes (laughs) to mind. No offense to cat lovers, I live with two of them myself, and I don't want to be any of those cats. Uh, yeah no but i i love that the live and let live yes grabbing the serenity and the serenity prayer does is applicable here right you know i'm not i'm not here to impugn upon your recovery methodology and what works for you i'm going to share what works for me in an open and honest way and if that helps you i think that's amazing yeah yep and and i think live and let live was on there like 10 times totally yeah well you know it's funny it's like if, if when I'm having a conversation with anybody, if I can stay away from saying, you know what you should do or, or being suggestive like that, and I can be more about going, you know, in my experience or just finding a way to like bring up personal stories, personal accounts of my life that that apply to their situation, um, then the light bulb goes off for them and it comes from within. 
And then it's like they came up with the idea that mm. they need to do this mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I think it's just in our human nature to kind of reject ideas that people give to us when right. they're like, you, you should do this. And well, use I statement. Fuck yeah. Yeah, right. For sure. Yep. And just give them love, man. Just love on them. Love TBL people. says AA does not claim to have a monopoly on recovery from alcoholism, nor does NA say they have a monopoly on a recovery from addiction. Right. I say if it works, that's great. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea here. Every 12-step program literature will very plainly and clearly state we claim no monopoly on this thing. Right. We know that it's worked for us, and we think it could work for you too. Right. Yep. You're welcome to join us and try it. If it doesn't work, no harm, no foul, right? What yeah. do they say? Your recovery or your misery's back out there waiting for That's you. right. Yeah, yeah. Full you're, you're, refund. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 100%. Um, couple more here. TR says, I have no problem with it, provided those doing other forms of recovery disclose their affiliations instead of judging and criticizing mine. I have, mo- I have on more than one occasion asked about what works in other forms of recovery, never received a response in the form of personal experience. So that's interesting. That's more of a comment about, you know, the, you know, personal experience within the, uh, the so TR, I would say that uh, maybe ask some more people because I think yeah. that uh, if you ask the right people, you're going to get good responses in terms right. of what works for them. Absolutely, man. You know, just that's that's kind of goes right back to what I said before. That the more people you can meet, the better because it's going to be the process of natural selection. It's going to be trial and error. You're going to meet tons of fucking people to find a core group yeah. of awesome people. If you don't like the meeting, go to the new one. Damn right. Find a different one. If you don't like the people... Find someone else. Yep. We are all different, says LL. We all heal in different ways. We all have different upbringings. We all have different issues. But we all seem to relate to stories. So I like that. Yeah. And that's meaningful. We tell our stories, we share our story, and we find ourselves in other people's stories. Yeah? Yeah. That's why we're here. So Chris, you did a poll, as we said at the top of the show about different pathways of recovery. Uh, I counted 97. Yeah. 97 pathways. not a bad start. Not at all. Right. Okay. So uh, let's talk about some of the responses here. We had uh, over 87, um, uh, over 87 people said Alcoholics Anonymous. Over 68 people said family-based support. So AA was number one. Family-based support was number two. Had over 68 responses. Social media, okay, was number three. Wow. At 66 responses. Isn't that something? Yeah. Sure. So it really does show you the power of social media. Well, in terms of being able man. to connect. And, yep. And yeah. That's why we delete those bad ones. That's right. <laughs> Damn right. It affects a lot of people. Yes. That's correct. It's so true. That's correct. NA was number four with 46. Inpatient treatment, number five with 44. Mental health services, number six with 43. Tied with sober and serious. Wow. And this was posted Speaking on sober and serious. Right. So, you know, I mean. Well, and then and then you guys bear in mind that we got 23,000 members on that site. And this is the only, you know, the highest one was 67 people that fucking, yeah. you know, right. responded. It's like not everybody obviously is active. Correct. We also saw meditation high on the list, recovery books, outpatient treatment, 12-step programs, spirituality, faith-based. 
space support was very high. Church was high in the rooms that online. Yeah. Right. Um, podcast is up there. So whatever works for you, right? Correct. White knuckling didn't make it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let me see how many white knuckle responses. Dry we got. drunk. Dry drunk. Yep. Dry yeah, drunk. I was gonna. Say, I know there was a few things in there that I was laughing because I'm like, that's not recovery. So we got two for Nira for for Naranon. Uh, but we those got, people um, think they're in recovery. Uh, we got. I don't know what is R W R A P. Uh, rap. It's rap. What is, it's like, mental. It's mental health. It's, it's mental health. Okay, yeah, so there's two for that. Wellness recovery action plan. Very good. Gotcha. Um, Jody's gonna love you. Fuck, Buddhism I, I was on there for that. one. <laughs> That's great. Somebody voted for earthing. 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 Oh, right on. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't even understand all. what that means. <laughs> oh, all recovery. All yeah. recovery. Oh. Earthing. Right on, bro. Mm. Yeah, there you go. All right, we it's are going to listen to some word. phone calls. What do you think? Beep, beep, boop, yep. boop, beep, pop. Should we do that? Should we listen to some phone calls? Hello? Oh. Hello? <laughs> this is a more groovy beat versus a rocking beat. It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So we here at the Way Out podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. Hello. My favorite. Hello. Hello. Hola. Um. That's my favorite. Hola. Hola. <laughs> Hola. He sounds like he just woke up from like being <laughs> drunk on tequila. So this is Tasha. Taja. Taja. I believe is how she say your name. Hi, my name is Tasia, and I'm calling about Ibogaine treatment. That was my personal pathway to recovery. Um, I was addicted to meth for many, many years, and recently in January celebrated five years off of meth due to the help of Ibogaine. And Ibogaine is a very, very powerful hallucinogenic substance that is done in 55 countries all over the world for the treatment of addiction, but it is illegal in the United States. Um, I went to Rosarito Beach in Mexico basically at the end of my rope and underwent this amazing transformation. Um, this is a substance that will get rid of heroin withdrawal overnight. It is a substance that will completely fill your opioid receptors and keep them filled for 6 to 12 months uh, so that a person doesn't feel any withdrawal or craving. And it also works for other substances as well. Um, it works for cocaine addiction, crack addiction, and meth addiction. However, it is not used for alcohol or benzodiazepine addiction. Um, for me, this was the thing that changed my life. It isn't, however, a fun time, which a lot of people don't understand. It's a very powerful hallucinogen. It lasts up to 30 hours, and during that time, you're hooked up to heart monitors. You need to undergo a full physical examination before taking the substance. So it does have its its backs, its downsides in that 
sense is that done improperly, it could be dangerous. You need to go to a medical clinic. It's not something you can just take at home, and it doesn't have any abuse potential. A lot of people think, oh, that's something that will be high, you know, and this is this is a very spiritual, intense experience. Uh, it's not something that people do because they enjoy it. In fact, I don't think you could pay me to do it again. However, uh, when I emerged from that trip, I was changed. I had no inclination to use after that, and I never touched meth again, which was, it, that was the turning point for me. It, it changed my life. I didn't crave for a good contact effect, and it gave me enough time. That six-month period gave me time to rebuild my life, get myself some, some supports and treatment, and rebuild my my family, and that allowed me to be a person again. So when those cravings did come back, I had the tools to deal with it. And that's what I think is amazing about Ibogaine. In a lot of recovery circles, it's not something that's accepted. It's not something that people want to talk about. It's, it's, sometimes it's, it's looked at as something that's bad or, or inherently dangerous. Um, and I'm just calling to talk about what it meant for me. This This Substance, when taken with under the, the watch of a medical professional, has a 70% success rate with opioids, with opioid addiction, and that alone is something incredible. I had three friends after me that were so moved by my experience that they went to go do I became themselves. Out of the three, two of them are still clean today. As I was saying, out of the three of my friends who did Ibogaine treatment after me, two of them are still clean today and one of them is not. And I think the reason that that particular person it didn't work for is that she was pressured by her mom and she wasn't really ready. And it was kind of, I don't want to say a waste of a treatment, but she just simply wasn't ready to make that jump. And I think that really goes to show that there's no such thing as a magic bullet. There's no such thing as a magic cure. I certainly cope with urges and cravings even to this day, five years later, but it's different now because I was given that pathway out and I took advantage of it. So I think it's really important when people talk about Ibogaine, they try to, some people try to sell you on it and act like it is this magic bullet and that is not the case. It is just another way out and for some people, it is just what they need. That spiritual experience tripping, going through the whole thing, finding out who they really are on the inside. I began showed me who I am and it gave me the tools that I needed to walk away from that lifestyle forever. Now I'm married and I have two beautiful daughters and life is good. And that I think that that goes to say that I'm I'm living proof that this does have the potential to be helpful. And just as much as anything else does, whether it's 12-step or smart recovery or health realizations or, or hell, I mean, other people find a lot of, lot of good use out of uh, maintenance meds and other tools, and all of those, I think, are valid. I think that's absolutely valid. Um, but I want people to know that this is out there, that it can be a rather expensive treatment and that it needs to be done safely under the watch of a medical professional. But if you choose to do it, this can have the potential to forever change your life. So thanks for listening. Amazing. So Tasia. Tasia, thank you. Thanks. Because if it worked for you. Fuck yeah. And it's giving you the life that you have now. Uh a marriage and two wonderful children. Yep. And you're able to live life in a way that you were never able to before, then uh, not only is that um, an absolute um, uh, inspiration yeah. from my perspective, 
right? And, and she was very careful mm-hmm. to explicitly detail that this has to be done under the appropriate supervision, medical supervision. Right. And this isn't this isn't you know something that gets done you know in uh, the spare bedroom. <laughs> You know, okay. I thought it was funny, With too, cousin that, Joe, that she was you know? joking around about how, like, some people act like, oh, just give me some of that shit, or, like, hey, right. give me high, because I'm not even going to lie, Tasia, we, me and Chris were joking about that shit before we started recording, <laughs> and, and you know, it's easy to make fun of something we don't understand, right? Agreed. But at the same time, I mean... For you to pull me in with you. Oh, whatever. Bad <laughs> uh, <laughs> influence. Bam. Yeah, I did pull kind of throw you under the bus. I always pulling him hey, down. Hey, if I'm going to tell on myself, i got to tell yeah. on somebody else. Uh, no, but thank you for sharing that. And I'm super glad that you did and you, you responded to my message. Because I remembered, I think I talked to this girl two years ago mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And it popped in my head. For, for and the, I think it's for, great for this show, yeah. you know, to give yourself this ibogaine treatment that buffer yep. to yeah. be able to start adopting a sober, healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah. without the powerful cravings and withdrawal yeah. that happens from drug addiction. I mean, great. Amazing. Absolutely. All right, we got Brenda coming up. That did sound terrifying, though. Yeah, dude. Like, I want no part of it. I was like, 30 hours? Shit. Are you kidding? Fuck. Oof. Hardcore. I love this topic. Hi, this is Brenda. Hey. What's up, Brenda? I just wanted to call in and and talk a little bit about what I love so much about the multiple pathways to recovery. I think that it's silly for us to think that we're all different. You know, and then expect us to follow only one pathway to recovery because since we're so different, it's going to be different. Our path is never the same as somebody else's. Not exactly. It's, yeah, I think that's an impossibility. There's so many though. There's Reiki and meditation. There's bowling if that's what works for you. You know, I mean, I used to have a friend that used to say, if hunting a tree is what's going to keep you sober today, then let's go hug a tree. You know, it's just, I find it fascinating learning about other people's paths and what works for them. Me too. Also, I just learning and growing and keep moving forward is, the common denominator in recovery or anything, actually. Right. But that's just what I wanted to say, that I think there's no one way to anyone's recovery and that I hope all of us stay on that path and I love all my recovery friends. Hi, Jason. Have a great day. Bye. I like that, though, and I think that's meaningful. What? Is that not record? <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. oh, you're funny. <laughs> wow, that surprised the shit out of me. Uh, I peed a little. <laughs> Gotta be honest. That's awesome. But yeah, if it works, do a lot of that. Yep. Right? For sure. You know? And tell other people that it worked for you too. If hugging a tree gets you sober. I'm going to the fucking uh, live in the forest. I used to hug a lot of trees. <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons, Way potentially. Different reasons. 
Yeah. Uh, were they holding you up? Yeah. Yeah. Much. I understand. I was just glad she didn't say it. There's only, there only, only one way to skin a cat. <laughs> uh, so Amanda Nelson who Amanda Nelson patched wings patched wings was episode 50 yeah of the way out podcast oh hell yeah okay if you want to hear an amazing recovery story yeah I've, I've listened to it my sister yep and I listened then to her shares well check sure. out Episode 50 of the Way Out podcast. She also did the Share podcast. So you could check out. I don't know what episode. Yeah, she just did Be Fulfilled. Like, so just did that. check it out. She's got uh, one hell of a story on her. And oh, yeah. she called the Way Out podcast because she's um, amazing. The best. Amanda. Addiction butt kicker. What's up, Amanda? What's up, little baby? Hey, y'all. It's Amanda Nelson. Um, so my pathway to recovery is. I created my own because I couldn't figure out what would work for me. So I created my own. I called it the connect method. So essentially it's connecting the mind, the body, the soul every single day. I have to do a little workout. I have to get some personal development in. I have to get my soul full of Jesus. I have to go do some kind of outreach, like making a stranger smile, something that fuels my soul every single day. I have to operate in those three categories every single day because it keeps me sober and quite often I don't want to do all those things I hate working out sometimes but I do it anyways I think that we are all on the we all have the same end goal right so who cares how you get there I don't judge everybody or anybody that takes a different path than me because ultimately we're all after the same thing living a happy vibrant joyful sober life and trying to be the best human being that we can possibly be so i support all y'all i support your program your 12 step your na like all of it whatever path you take i support you because i i want the same respect in return you know so let's just love each other man we're all humans we all want to be loved and accepted, so who cares how you get there as long as you get there. Peace. Amen. Love it. Y'all Dude, come back now. You hear <laughs> So uh, I might have a, a little crush on her. Uh, I'm a, she uh, is really awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'm a, a sister in recovery. have mad respect for you, Amanda. Yep. Yeah. And I love that you uh, embodied your recovery routine. Right. Because I have a, a routine. She created it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a routine that works for me, and I think that that when you're doing recovery activities every day, every week on a regular basis, that feed your um, sobriety, that feed your recovery. Every morning, I hit my knees. Right, yeah. I read my meditations every morning, and then I ask the God of my understanding to allow me to be of maximum service to the people that I interface that I that I engage that I touch today yeah and, and I ask for that power every day before I leave my bedroom yes. right? that is a part of my recovery yep. program right mm. I, I attend a 12-step meeting every week uh, it's a part of my recovery program I'm of service on a regular basis yeah right that's a part of my recovery program like right now like right now <laughs> it's a part of my recovery right program now. like Right, right now. now. Okay. Seriously. This literally. 
this podcast absolutely keeps me sober, Fuck right? Off. And I love her. I got to do this. I got to do this. And I got to do this. And sometimes I don't want to do it. And I can so very much identify with the sometimes I don't want to do it. Dude, my sponsors, <laughs> my sponsor always is like, he's like, man, you know, really had a hard day. And he's like, I knew I needed a meeting. I didn't want to go. And he always says this line. He's like, I. I limped in there and I came skipping out. Yeah. I've never wanted to go to a meeting, but I've never left, you know. Exactly. Right. Like, man, I wish I didn't go to that. That sucked. Yeah, that was terrible. No, dude, you get what you, you get what you need out of that, man. Like it fills you up and you get, I I always, I could be super tired when I go to a meeting and I'll leave like jazzed, like pumped, like pumped up, like, like psyched, you know, making my bed is part of my recovery program. Every morning, like somebody told that, told, yeah. said that to me in a meeting that that was a part of their recovery practice. Self care, right? Right. That's not a part of mine. No, <laughs> I recommend it. I have six kids. I, really I recommend it. it. Okay. okay. I know. I wish I could. You know what I'm I saying? Because like kids. every er day, er day, right before I even leave <laughs> my bedroom, I did something positive. You know what? I mean? So right. it, 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 it's a part of it. I get the. I get the concept. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> some some days I make my bed. You guys don't seem sold. I got a four year old no. and a two year old. Still in- no, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I am a little sold, but yet, you know, I don't do it every day. The other piece uh, I, I will but say, but it is nice to come home to a fresh, oh, dude, clean, fresh, oh, clean, yeah. and made room. It's oh, like, it's awesome. That's why I live in hotels really cool. at the end. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Somebody else did and it. You feel like you got your shit together. The other thing we didn't talk about is that's a part, very much a part of mine is regular activity regular physical activity Mind is a part of spirit. yep is a part of my recovery methodology right it's an integrated important part of i, I walk every day without fail and with i live louis. in and i live in minnesota louis the recovery with louis dog. my recovery dog who yeah. often makes an appearance on the way out podcast because he Loses his mind twice on, tonight. Correct. He loves the dogs walking. He, he by. It, well, it's springtime right. in yeah. Minnesota, so there's a lot Squirrels of people walking by the front. Yeah. Remember yeah. the dead squirrel last year? Oh dear! <laughs> there was just bones in the backyard, <laughs> and we were like, "What the fuck?" He's walking around with a. He's running around. <laughs> Louis legitimately running around with, with a, a squirrel carcass. Yeah, like a spine. A squirrel or carcass. It was fucked up. It was disturbing kind of to morbid. say the very least <laughs> gentlemen thank you so much for being a part of episode 132 and yeah. everybody there in way out podcast land share what works for you share it out loud share it often yes so other people can understand what worked for you and maybe just maybe to apply it to their own recovery and then open your ears up and listen to what worked for other people and maybe you'll want to apply that to your recovery and we can all have right some amazing recovery and thank you to the callers and thank you chris for uh being part of this today it made the show extra special so. sure did thank you and i'm gonna wait for charlie's new book that he's gonna write <laughs> Can I, i'm gonna put the title as uh, the other way out yeah or another way another out. way out <laughs> yeah. all right everybody be good take care thank you for being a part of the way out we appreciate your ears we're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week so keep listening up if you would like to reach out to the show you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com that's wayoutcast all one word dot com 
There you can subscribe to The Way Out Podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.